Well, tonight we're going to continue our series on the road signs of life. And a lot of us, I mentioned this last week when we showed this video, a lot of us are just like that. We ask God for a sign, and he says something, and we ignore it. We ask him again, and uh, we ignore it again, and then we just go around him. Tonight I want to speak to you on the road signs of life, and uh, the first week that we started, this is our third week, we spoke about U-turns. Everybody say U-turn. Oh, man, that was a great night. I'm telling you, that was one of the best messages. And I'm telling you, I've had people since that Wednesday. They've come up to me on Sundays. They've come up to me at parties. Oh, Barry, we're having a U-turn. Praise God. And people are telling me the U-turns that God's doing. And, you know, it's fun to take a U-turn. It's fun when, when things are going bad and all of a sudden God touches that situation and things start going right. Hallelujah. Um, well, then last week we talked about the sign stop. And sometimes stopping is not fun. I don't know about you, but I have a ton of patience because I don't use any. <laughs> and, you know, um, they, I hate stopping, especially when I need to get someplace quick or I'm running late. And I mean, sometimes a stop sign, or you guys ever get around those demonic lights that for no reason, you know what I'm saying, you, you're stopped. And so there's nobody in the whole intersection, but you've got to stop. Um, stop signs can just, they just get you mad. Well, Tonight I want to talk to you about a different sign that God wants to speak to you about tonight. And this sign is kind of confusing. Like I said, the uh, U-turns are fun, stop signs are painful. This one tonight is confusing. This is not what I want to speak to you about what God wants you to hear tonight, detour. Everybody look at your neighbor and say, sweetie, you need a detour. Oh, man, I'm telling you, I want to speak to you about a detour. Now, now here's the thing with a detour. What gets you so mad is, have you ever wanted to get someplace, and you get your GPS or your MapQuest, and, and you're on the way, and all of a sudden, you see a sign, and it just makes you want to cuss, and it says, detour. And all of a sudden, you're, you're now, you knew where you were going to go. You were excited to get there, and how many of you know, you don't know how long a detour is going to be? You don't know if the detour's gonna be good, if the detour's gonna be bad. You don't know if it's gonna be clearly marked. Sometimes you can take a detour and guess what? You never find where you were supposed to get going. Well, I wanna give you the bad news tonight is that in every life that's here, every man, every woman, you're gonna have these. There's gonna be times that you think your marriage is picture perfect and then all of a sudden, Somebody says they're done something wrong, and then there's a, you ever had that perfect angel? God just blesses you. And then all of a sudden, you add teen to their ages. And all of a sudden, voila! You ever have that where you got your investment portfolio, praise God, you're going to be a multimillionaire time you're 55, and lo and behold, the mortgage crisis, and the Lord says, You ever had a vision or a dream? You just had your job. Anybody ever thought, man, I'm going to be at this job for 50 years. I'm going to start this job. I'm going to retire. And all of a sudden, you get a brand new boss. And Tonight, we're going to look at the road signs of detours because no matter what, every one of us we have to take a detour. But here's the key. Some people take the detour and get there. Some people take the detour and get lost. Tonight, if you have your Bibles, I want to talk to you about detours tonight. Exodus chapter 13 tonight. Exodus chapter 13. 
And I want to talk to you about how God took his very own nation, the chosen people, the Israelites, he took them on a detour. Just like he wants to take us. And I want to look at four things tonight we can learn from God's chosen people. Let's look at uh, Exodus chapter 13. And it should be in their notes, verses uh, 17 and 18. Here's what the word says. It says that when Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them on the road through the Philistine country, though that was shorter. You notice that already here's, here's the detour right here. For God said if they face war, they might change their mind and return to Egypt. So God led the people around by the desert road towards the Red Sea. The Israelites went up out of Egypt armed for battle. Exodus 14, 15. The word says, tell the Israelites to move on. Exodus 14, 21, and I'm making this story as short for you as I can. Then Moses, so, so God has led the Israelites away from Egypt. Now God has led them up against the Red Sea. But Pharaoh's army is coming after them. Exodus 14, 21, then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and all the night the Lord drove the sea back with a strong east wind and turned it into dry land. The waters were divided. Do you see this U-turn taking place? Let's look at the last verse, Exodus 14, 27. And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and at daybreak the sea went back to its place, and the Egyptians were fleeing toward it, and the Lord swept them into the sea. Tonight I want to speak to you about how God wants you to have a U-turn. Stop sign. And tonight, how we handle detours. Would you pray with me? Lord, thank you for your word. Lord, I'm just thankful tonight that when life throws us a curveball, God, we can take a detour, but not alone, but with you. So, Lord, I pray tonight in the name of Jesus over every person that's in the sound of my voice that this word tonight would bring life to their bones, excitement to their heart and their spirit, and that, God, every person here would be unloosed, unleashed, released, free to live the life you want them to have. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. I want to look at four things tonight that we can learn from the Israelites, about God taking us a detour. Now, I want you to look there in Exodus 13. While you're looking there, um, you know God has blessed Kelly and me with two cats. And uh, there was a young boy named Sammy, and Sammy was this, he, he just grew up in a preacher's home. And how many of you just grew up in church and you played church at home? Well, Sammy, he went home, this little five-year-old boy, and and his mom looked at him, and he was preaching to the cat. And he was just preaching, and that cat, you know, cats have very little intelligence. He's just staring at him. And uh, just preaching and preaching and preaching. And so the, the mom just walked through the, aisle, the hall and came back. And she came back, and all of a sudden, little Sammy was leading worship with that cat. Little Sammy had his hands raised and was trying to raise the cat's paws. And, you know, she got a real chuckle out of that. Well, about five minutes later, she hears this cat, this cat making these infernal noises, making loud mirrors or whatever you want to say, and screech it, and you just heard all this commotion, and she looks in, and little Sammy's trying to water baptize that cat by immersion in the bathtub, and, and all of a sudden, the mom goes, Sammy, you can't baptize that cat, and Sammy goes, 
He should have thought of that before he joined the church. Well, tonight I want to talk to you about how God led his people up to the Red Sea, and it was a detour. God led them, God guided them, God directed them, God was with them, but life took a detour. And I'm telling you, friends, this is a word you need tonight because either you're in a detour right now, you're in a relationship and whoop, it turned. You're in a job and whoop, it turned. You're in some type of situation with your kids and all of a sudden it detoured. Some of you are just here tonight and something in your heart or mind is detoured. Some of you things are going great, but guess what? <laughs> Someday you're going to have a detour. And I want to give you four things we can learn. Let's look at number one. First of all, people don't like detours. Don't ever say I didn't tell the truth. People don't like detours. Let's look at what Exodus 13, 17 says one more time. It says, God did not lead them on the road through the Philistine country, though that was shorter. You know what? Listen to me, friends. Sometimes the shorter road is the worst road. If you're taking nights, I want you to write this down. Most times the shortcut is the pain cut. I'm telling you, there are very few things where the shortcut is the right thing to do. You know what? When I was a youth pastor... I would tell those kids, I've got one word of advice for you for relationships with the opposite sex. S-L-O-W. I've got a word for you who are college students here tonight. One word for the opposite sex. S-L-O-W. i got a word for you who are middle-aged and single with the opposite sex. S-L-O-W. I've got a word for you if you're 70 years old and wanting to get remarried. S-L-O-W. That's good preaching. People don't like their friends. Can I tell you something? Investing. There is no such thing as a get-rich-quick scheme. If you believe there is, talk to me after service. I've got one for you. There's no, uh, no, no, no get-rich-quick. You know what you do? Constant investing, faithful, and God blesses that. Friends, I want to tell you something tonight. If, you were, if this was a single group, I would say, very rarely does God bring his very best to you as the first person. I used to tell my youth when I was a youth pastor, we had all these hundreds of kids. I would say, before God brought Kelly Ferris in my life, the devil brought t- 20 women in there. And I want to talk to you about people don't like deer church for three reasons. Number one, because they are inconvenient. Friends, life is not fair. Oh, I know everybody's like, man, where'd that U-turn sermon go? And that was good preaching. Well, I'm just going to tell you the truth tonight. Life isn't fair at work, in your marriage, with your kids, or in church. Life is not fair. Sometimes you got to take a detour. That's the truth. And I'm telling you something right now. Studying the detour is not the way to get out of the detour. Staring at the sign, staring at the past is not how you make it through the detour. Every one of us, we got to go through detours at times in our life. God wants us to make it through. They're not inconvenient. Here's the second reason people like detours. is because they're temporarily get you off the main road. Oh, I hate that. Here, you know, if I'm going someplace and I don't know it very well, and then all of a sudden I got to get off the main road. You know, friends, maybe God's given you a vision or a dream to go back and get your college diploma. Just because you take a year off doesn't mean that it's denied. It might just be a detour. 
Maybe you're here tonight and you're single and God hasn't brought that man or woman in your life. Maybe that's not a denial. Maybe it's just a detour. Maybe you're here and God has promised you one day you can be debt free. Maybe you're not there yet, but maybe it's just a detour. Friends, let me tell you something. Detours temporarily get you off the main road. Let's look at number three. People don't like detours, number three, because most folks, oh, here's, the, here's why we hate them the most. Most people hate these things because they're not ready for them. Friends, I want you to know God is having me preach this word united because he wants you to be ready for the detours. Because if you're ready for the detours, guess what? You can make it through. If you're ready for the detours, you can make it through. Let's go to the second thing tonight we can learn about detours. Number two. Second thing is I want to give you some facts about detours. Let's look at Exodus 14, 21. We're going to get good preaching here in just a moment. Exodus 14, 21. Then Moses stretched his hand out over the sea, and all that night the Lord drove the sea back with a strong east wind and turned it into dry land. The waters were divided. Give me a first, let me give you first fact about a detour. Detours are used to protect people. Can I just encourage you tonight? If you think you're following God and he just gives you a detour, don't get mad at him. Detours protect people. Have you ever seen that sometimes a bridge might be out? Well, you know, this ain't Dukes of Hazzard where we're going to try to jump it, sister. You know what I'm saying? Let's take a detour. And, and there are times in our lives that, I, I, I want you to write this down, God sometimes doesn't answer our prayers because it's a divine detour. I don't know about you, there are things I prayed for that I'm thankful God didn't give to me. There are things, oh God, that I just prayed for. He didn't give it to me. I'm thankful because he has the best point of view. He's got the best point of view. And so tonight I want to tell you something. Detours are used to protect people, number two. Detours are used to help them make the journey easier. You see, most times, they just don't let you run off the road or run off the bridge. They put these signs up, and if you'll follow these signs, you make it out. And you know what God does? He does the same thing. If you follow this sign, guess what? You get to make it out. If you follow this sign in your finances, you get to be blessed. If you follow this sign in your relationships, guess what? You get to be blessed. If you follow this sign in your mind, you get to be blessed. Let me give you the third one tonight, facts about detours. Number three, third fact is detours, they might save your life. You know one time, uh, I hate this story. Uh, I had this gorgeous, beautiful motorcycle. Oh, man, God just blessed me. I mean, this thing was unbelievable. And one day we were going on this motorcycle ride, and normally I wear this thing as a half helmet. And for some reason that day, I took a detour, and I wore this full-face helmet. And um, I was riding with the church, and everybody here, or most everybody knows this story, I had a little accident. I came off that thing at 40 miles an hour. And my face, I came out of there virtually unscathed, but my, my face bounced off the concrete. Well, 
Kelly's thankful because I had that full face helmet on and protected this beautiful mug that you're staring at. But you know what? Had I not, had I had that normal half helmet on that I wear 99% of the time, my nose would have been broke, my face would have been scraped up, I could have lost an eye. But see, God had a detour. And, and, and friends, tonight I want to tell you something, that sometimes God allows things to happen in our life that are inconvenient, that are pains in our tails, that are hassles, that aren't good to work with, that we don't feel comfortable doing, because he wants to bless us and protect us. And, and, and friends, if you're in a detour tonight in your life, don't fight the detour, just follow the signs so you can get out. Complaining, does, does it, complaining help you get through the detour quicker? Does getting out of the car and cussing at the sign get you there quicker? Does arguing with your good-looking spouse, isn't it amazing what we argue with our spouses about? That's for another sermon. Number three. Let me give you the third thing you can listen tonight from detours. Third thing you can learn is what to do when God takes you on a detour. Now, I just want to say one thing real quick. Not all detours are from God. I want everybody here. Sometimes we take ourselves on a detour. When you begin to disobey God's word, you're putting yourself on a detour. God's blessed Kelly and I. Our marriage isn't perfect, but it's very, very good. But if I don't listen to the word of God when it pertains to how I'm a husband to her, I'm going to take myself on a detour that I don't want to be on. If you're here in your thought life, guys, if you're allowing your eyes to see things they shouldn't see, it's not the Lord. You're putting yourself on a detour that is not going to be comfortable for anybody. Folks, God gives certain rules about how we should handle our finances, and you start violating those rules. It's not God's fault you're having money problems. You or me, I've unfortunately made some serious mistakes with finances, we get off on a detour. So tonight I want to give you three things to help yourself when you get on that detour. I was talking to a really good man of God this today. I have seen godly families where for some reason ungodly kids come out of there. You know why? Because the Bible says we're free moral agents. Joshua chapter 24, verse 15 says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It's a choice. And then I've seen ungodly. When I was a youth pastor, I'd see kids that they come from ungodly homes. They turn out really godly. Now, the good news is you raise them in a godly home. The Bible gives you a promise that they will return. But maybe you're here and you're, you're having a detour with one of your kids. Uh, maybe that kid might be your husband. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but let me give you some facts about how do you handle detours. Now we're going to get into some good preaching here. Number one, Exodus 14, 15. This is really profound. There are some times that God just wants to make it easy so we'll listen. Look at your neighbor and say easy. easy. Okay, God wants to make it easy sometimes so we'll listen. Let's look at uh, uh, Exodus 14, 15 says this. Tell the Israelites to move. Look at your neighbor and say move, baby. I'm telling you, there are some times we just got to move. Let me give you three thoughts on that. Very first of all, we've got to trust not only God's power, but his plan. 
You see, here's what happens. So many times we just trust God. Oh, God, we believe you can raise the dead. God, we believe you can heal the blind. God, we believe that you can bring money out of nowhere. But here's the thing, friends. We just can't trust the power of God. We've got to trust the plan of God. Listen to me, friends. God's plan and your plan don't always line up. Let me give you two great spiritual laws. Okay, now listen. I went to Bible college and seminary. I paid a lot of money for these two truths. I mean, I'm telling you, I'm gonna give them to you for free. Write them down. Here's the two most foundational spiritual truths in the world. I mean, I'm serious. Number one, this cost me a lot of money and a lot of papers and a lot of reading. Number one, there is a God. Write it down. Number two, you're not him. (laughs) There it is. Right there, God's plan and your plan don't always mix. In fact, most times our plans aren't God's plans. Why? Because God's led by the Spirit and we're led by the many times. So here's the very first one. Trust not only God's power but his plan. Anybody know who Paul Robinson is? Paul Robinson was just like Gordon Bubel to my old church. I used to be a youth pastor at my home church, Tiffany Fellowship Assemblies of God, and Paul was a godly board member. He was one of our deacons, and he served the Lord. Well, he was a policeman, and when Paul was young, he went to Bible college, okay? So my friend Paul Robinson, well, after Bible college, you know what God said? God said, become a police officer, And he's like, God, I just spent thousands of dollars to learn how to preach and to learn the Bible. And now you're telling me, become a police officer. God, what do you want me to do with my life? Become a police officer. God, what church should I go to be in the ministry at? Become a police officer. Where, Where do you want me to preach the gospel? Become a police officer. And how many of you know that after God hits you over the head a certain amount of times, you're going to do what he does? How many know God has the power to get you there? He can get you there the hard way or the easy way. And the older I get, hopefully the more times I take the easy way. But sometimes God has to grab you by the nap of the neck, but he will get you there. Okay, so Paul becomes a police officer. One of my board members at Tiffany Fellowship. He's a police officer with Kansas City, Raytown, finally with Independence, Missouri Police Department. Well, all of a sudden, it's like 10, 15, 20 years later, Paul graduates Central Bible College, where I went to Bible College, 20 years later, he's still a police officer. He goes on this missions trip to Bogota, Colombia. And all of a sudden, he goes down there. Boom! God says, you're going to become a missionary to Colombia right here. And now, it's the opposite. But God, I love being a police officer. God, what do you want me to do? Go to Colombia. God, do you want me to take the sergeant's test for the police department? Go to Columbia. Lord, what, do you want me to change units within the police department? Go to Columbia. Okay, so Paul graduates Bible college. He goes in the police officer for 20 years, goes to Columbia on a missions trip. He and his family raise money, and they go down to Columbia. And guess what? Paul says, God, how am I going to win this country? God says, through the police department. Okay, most missionaries, they go into countries and they feed the poor. Thank God, amen? Most countries, or most missionaries, they'll go and they'll set up medical clinics. Praise God, amen? Most countries, they'll go and teach English as a second language. 
Paul Robinson is the only missionary in the entire world who just happens to be Assemblies of God that is trying to win a country through the police department. Guess what? In Colombia, guess what police department they idolize more than any of the whole world? The United States police officers. Guess what? They don't have very much training. They don't have very much tools. And guess who's got all the training and all the tools? Guess who's got all the experience and all the knowledge? And guess who can also preach the word of God? And so, guess what? Before Paul comes back, now we're not talking about some little thing. Paul goes to a meeting and the president of the entire country is there. And you know what God says? There was a reason for the detour. So tonight I want to challenge you, don't just trust the power of God, trust the plan of God. Paul trusted God's plan, and guess what? Next year, if the Lord allows, I'm going to lead a mission trip to Columbia of all police officers. They've got a ministry. He went to the Colombian government, and they said, he said, I want to train your police officers. The Colombian government said to missionary Paul Robinson, you can only train our police officers. And Paul's like, uh-oh, there's going to be a catch. They said, the Colombian government said to Paul, you can only train the police officers if you use the Bible. <laughs> Number two, hallelujah. Number two, I got to preach quick here. Number two, trust God that he knows what he's doing. Trust him. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, we walk by faith uh, and not by sight. Trust him. God knows what he's saying. So if God is telling you tonight to do something that you can't see yourself doing, trust him. If God gives you a promise and you have no idea how it can take place, trust him. If God says to you some secret, he gives you some vision, trust him. If he tells you to do something you don't want to do, trust him. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Let me give you number three. Trust God to bring us to a better place than we are at now. Friends, if God is blessing your life, phenomenal, right now, I got good news. He wants you to have more. <laughs> if God's performing miracles and everything you do is turned into gold, good news. He wants you to have more. If your life is struggling and you're down in the depths, good news. He wants you to have more. Thank God for that. If you just don't know where the next check is going to come from, good news. He wants you to have more. And tonight I want to give you this, this third thing. Trust God to bring you to a better place than you're at now. So let me just give you a couple thought points here tonight. Let me give them to you. Maybe your marriage is wrecked. You know, what you, you know what God wants you to tell the devil? If your marriage is wrecked, devil, it's not over. It's just a detour. If all of a sudden you get into major financial problems and you don't know there's a way out, you know what God wants you to say to the devil? Devil, things aren't over. It's just a if all of a sudden you can't sleep at night because you've made some stupid, sinful decisions, you can get up and say, Romans 8, 1, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And you can look at the devil and say, devil, I'm not quitting. This is just a, you can go to God 
and you can speak to the devil in any area he's attacking you tonight. And you can say, devil, it's just a detour. Devil, it is just a detour in my finances, with my kids, uh, in my job, uh, in my ministry. It is just a detour. I think about Wilma Rudolph. She was born, I believe, in Tennessee. Some of you might have heard this story before. Anybody remember in the 40s and 50s, this disease was rampant, polio. And I don't know if she had polio or there was some problem. You guys remember those old, in the 40s and 50s, where they have those metal leg stents? She wanted to run. So she started running, and this is what she'd do. But how many know when a kid wants to do something, they're going to find a way? So she goes through middle school, and she's running. Well, all of a sudden, she learns how to make that timing. Timing's everything. And she just gets faster and faster. She joins her high school track team, runs the first race. Anybody want to guess what place she won? Last. <laughs> but she kept running. And she just got a faster pace. It was like a rhythm. You know, things are always, always better in rhythm. Thank God that our worship team has good rhythm. Well, she goes to college. To my knowledge, she was the first black woman athlete to win gold medals at the Olympics. Because you know what she did? I'm sure a lot of people who had polio said, I'll never be a track star. But you know what she said? It's just a detour. If you're here tonight, friends, and things aren't going right in your life, if you want to overcome them, you look the devil square in the eye and you just say, detour. Let me give you the last three things as we close as Chris comes to play very softly tonight. Last thing, what to leave with. Let's look at what the Word of God says in Exodus 14, 27. By the way, I want you to write down these dates, March 31st and June 30th. Two of my crazy, crazy friends from Bible college are coming on those nights. First of all, Tim Rose is coming March 31st. He's preached here before. This man makes me look so incredibly tame. And then June 30th, remember my brother Floyd who played the music and preached? He's coming June 30th. So I'm telling you both those nights, you want to be here those nights. All right, what to leave with? Number one, let's look at Exodus 14, 27. Here's what the word says. Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and at daybreak the sea went back to its place. Now, now did you see that? Moses stretched his hand, then the sea went back. There was movement from man before there was movement from God. God always takes us, asks us to take a step, James 1, 27, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Moses did what the Lord wanted. Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and at daybreak the sea went back to its place. The Egyptians, or the enemies of God, were fleeing toward it, and the Lord swept them into the sea. That's exactly what God wants to do with the problems you're facing right now. Sweep them into the sea. But you got to do what Moses did. you got to stretch out. I'm telling you, there are Christians that on the outside they look like everything's going great, like everything's going perfect and all hell is breaking loose in their life. If that's you tonight, let's just stretch out. Let me give you three things as we close here. <clears throat> what to leave with. Number one, by God taking, what to leave with, by God taking his people to the edge of the Red Sea, he was able to save them and wipe out their enemies. You see, if God would have led his people to the plains, 
if God would have led his, his people to the mountains. But God took the long way and led them to the sea. He parted the sea. He parted their problems. He parted their fears. They walked through their fear and problems. And then when the enemy came, he destroyed the enemy. And that's what God wants to do in your life tonight. Second thing to leave with tonight. By God taking his people to the Red Sea, they saw his miraculous hand at work and their faith was built. You you see, friends, sometimes if everything goes great, we don't see the miraculous hand of God. If God just just does everything we want, we just start thinking that life's going to be easy, but it's not. But here's the good news. When we go through a detour, we see God's supernatural, miraculous hand. Every one of those Israelites, they got to see with their own eyes God's miraculous saving power. You know what? If you're here struggling with alcohol, I'll never believe that God does not deliver from alcohol. God set my dad free from alcohol like that. Bam! I'll never believe otherwise. I know that I know God can separate you from any addiction. You know why? I've seen it with my eyes. And that's how God's people were. They saw God deliver them. And you're going through a detour. God wants you to look because you can see his power to save. Lastly, number three. By God taking his people to the Red Sea. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. By God taking his people to the Red Sea, the devil got a taste of the things that are to come. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, when God saved his people miraculously, completely out of nowhere, not because of what they did, but because of what he did, it was a sign to the devil of things that are to come through the risen Savior, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I'm telling you something right now. God wants to take you through this detour. So now as we close, I'm just going to ask you tonight, if, if there's something rough that's going on in your life, don't just trust the power of God, trust his plan. If you're here tonight and, and you just need the power of God in your life, don't just believe God for what you see in other people's lives, what other people have that you're jealous of, you can have. This is the last thought I'm going to share with you. When I see God supernaturally prosper somebody, woo, I get excited and I rejoice with them because I know if Kelly and I keep giving faithfully and keep believing, God's going to bless us. Hallelujah. You know, if I see God bless some preacher and his church explodes, hallelujah, I can go up and hug him and say, man, praise God, because I know God's going to do that here. If I see somebody and and God's just doing something awesome, I can rejoice with them because he is no respecter of persons. Would you bow your hearts with me in prayer tonight? We're just barely after 8 o'clock. You're here tonight. 